6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, online hate speech has been growing over the years. Specifically during the pandemic, it's believed to have risen about 20%. Women being targeted the most. Now there's an effort called toxic hush it's underway to focus on who is most at risk on which platforms and how they are impacted by the abuse toxic hush is being led by informed opinions a canadian nonprofit, and its founder sherry graydon sherry joins us this afternoon welcome to the show Thank you so much. All right. Uh, you know, when we take a look at this and we y- y- hear that number, that 20%, uh, the, the online hate uh, increasing 20% during the pandemic, when we talk about how bad it is. And this is a part of this campaign to find out just how bad it is. But what are the latest numbers, the percentages, Sherry, that you are aware of about how, how challenging this, this problem is? Well, one of the things that we've realized in the work that we do supporting women with expertise to speak up and do interviews with the media is that we don't have a lot of really great data. And so our Toxic Hush campaign is partly aimed at getting to the bottom of the problem and really understanding, as you mentioned off the top, how deep it is. Um, What we do know, there was research actually done here in Alberta during the 2017 Mm -hmm. municipal elections. And at that time, that was even before the pandemic, two-thirds of women running for public office received at least one misogynistic attack during the campaign, and 43% said it was a regular occurrence which is, you know, pretty significant when you think about how really we need more women to be present in public life, in the media, in politics. And the the current rise in hate aimed at women really threatens that progress. Uh, Sherry, again, I know the campaign is looking to answer a lot of these questions, but we have some anecdotal uh, evidence, as as you mentioned, some of the previous studies about who it is. We talk about, you know, um, female politicians being targeted. Um, You know, is it, are there certain groups that are are being targeted, uh, certain groups of women that are being targeted more than others? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as a journalist, Jalen, you probably have experienced some of this yourself. Um, So journalists, politicians, advocates, uh, really anybody, athletes, anybody with a higher than average profile who is taking up space in social media or mainstream legacy media, like radio, television, newspapers, as well as social media, they're much more likely to get targeted because they have higher profile. And uh, what we found from the preliminary research that we started uh, 10 days ago is that um, 56% of those who are completing our online survey, which is ongoing, so your listeners can participate, um, were reporting insults and slurs, but those are now accompanied by uh, physical threats, sexual threats. Um, 20% have received rape jokes or been mm-hmm. slut-shamed. Um, you know, 18% are worried about their physical safety. So never mind the sticks and stones. We're talking about people worried about are they going to be safe? Are their kids at risk? You, you know, I think... Um Sherry, I, I filled out uh, I filled out the survey earlier today because you know um, have been the target of uh, you know a, a lot of 
ugliness over the years, and especially over the past couple of years, including uh, death threats. Um, and mm. it has um, been eye-opening. And, and, you know, there are some people who would just say, well, why don't you just get off social media? You know, just shut down the text line. Yeah. What do you say to those people and why that's it's, not the answer? <laughs> well, it's not the answer for a whole bunch of reasons. First of all, it makes you the person being targeted responsible for fighting the crime. We don't expect that if, you know, your your child is murdered that you go out and fix that. So you can't make the victim responsible for the crime first of all, but secondly, it's an insulting suggestion in a world where we are all attached to the internet on our phones, on our computers, on a daily basis. And if you're working as you are, as your journalistic colleagues are, as politicians are, in a world where it's a requirement for you to be engaging online, whether you're researching a story or interviewing somebody or, you know, there are many, many people for whom it's not possible to do that. And yeah, those vehicles of communication are fundamental and essential to many people's jobs. Uh, Sherry, you know, I, I knew that as soon as we started having this conversa conversation, I would I would have people say, but it happens to men too. Yeah, I, you know, women are not the only ones who, who get insulted or, or threatened online, but all sorts of research makes clear that it's significantly greater. The Alberta study that I mentioned earlier, women received personal criticism four times as often as their male colleagues. So we know from our study, from many other studies, that yes, some men get targeted, but many of the trolls who are organized enough and believe that it's their right to make these threats are explicitly offended by the presence uh, and influence of women, and that seems to be one of the organizing principles for why they respond. And, and unfortunately, women who are black, indigenous, um, lesbian, who are immigrants are even more likely to get targeted mm -hmm. than you or I. Yep, yep, no, that's the truth. And um, w when you take a look at it and say, okay, well, and going back to the, well, just which, just get off social media, just, just turn it off. I mean, that's silencing voices, right? That's silencing voices of, of people who have worked really, really hard to get where they are. And, um, you know, and, and, and you, know, you talk about equality, all of that sort of thing. I mean, it just you know, sucks the air out out of a out of a out of a platform and that's not doing anybody any good no to, to your point you know we've been as a society working for decades to make sure that women were present and and had leadership opportunities and their voices and realities were reflected in news stories in policy and programming and priorities um, we live in a democracy, 51% of the citizens are women. And so as long as our voices are not only chronically underrepresented, but now being proactively silenced, and it is a silencing because if you are on social media or you, you know, I know a radio talk show host in Ontario who 
abandoned her career mm-hmm. in radio mm-hmm. because of the toxicity and her concerns about her family and her child. Yep. So, yeah, that silencing is fundamentally anti-democratic. I have a number of people texting in saying you need to define the online hate. You know, need to expand on that. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. It looks like so many things. So there's a there's a continuum, of course. You know, we've talked about um, people disagreeing with you online. That's not hate. That's mm-hmm. the difference of opinion. That's perfectly appropriate and normal. But when it slips into insults, uh, racial and sexist slurs, rape jokes, slut shaming, threats, um, taking uh, photographs of you and doctoring them up to make you look in a way that is essentially a lie or lying about your behavior, um, that crosses the line. And these are things that we don't allow traditional media to engage in. You know, I'm sure Chad is very responsible and respectful of what's appropriate and what's not. And what we haven't done yet is is catch our laws and our regulatory frameworks up with the internet, with the online reality, and extend those expectations of behavior to the online environment. So, Sherry, uh, the, the research that's being done here in at the at the end of it all, what what is the hope that you'll be able to do with it, and what is the hope when it comes to knowing what's going <laughs> on and changing the rules around it? Right now, our government is engaged in looking at how to develop regulations that will address online harms of all kinds. So not just the kind of hate speech we're talking about, but but uh, disinformation campaigns and other things. And so we're really wanting to make sure that women's realities are reflected in the regulations that they develop. And so last night we convened a a people's tribunal. We heard from five uh, women who had experienced these these issues. And we also heard from three citizen judges providing the legal context and and some principles that our, our government should be thinking about as they seek to address this. And so what we're wanting to do with the research and the tribunal, which is available online for people to watch, is to ensure that women's voices are reflected. Sherry, we'll leave it there this afternoon. Thank you for this. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care. Sherry Graydon, uh, the uh, founder of Informed Opinions, joining us this afternoon.